0: Welcome back to another episode of Practical Nutrition. I'm Sarah. I'm Cassie. And I'm Amanda and we are back it has been a while summer is busy for us at AYB Alex will not be with us for this podcast we do have a makeshift um, paper version of Alex but not actual Alex so we are missing her Um hope she's loving her time with her new baby so you are just gonna have to put up with us three today <laughs> <laughs> and we are gonna talk about supplementation so specifically we'll talk about what to look for when choosing a supplement and if you are a frequent flyer here at Practical Nutrition Podcast, you already know how much we love food over supplements. If you are new here, now you know. However, there's no denying that supplementation is still a huge part of the American population's routine. It's estimated that three out of four people are taking supplements. Um, When we look at percentages of what types of supplements are used, 76% of Americans reported using a vitamin and mineral supplement. So that would be like a multivitamin or a vitamin D3 or a calcium supplement. 40% of Americans reported taking some kind of specialty supplement, 39% reported using herbs and botanicals, 28% sports nutrition supplements, and 17% reported using some form of weight loss supplements. Do you fall into one of these categories? If you do, listen up. There are certainly times when supplements are necessary. We know that and we want to help you choose as safe and high quality of an option as possible. If you're curious if your non-prescription supplementation is necessary, contact us we would love to help talk through that with you today specifically we're going to talk you through what to look for when choosing a supplement and that's the main focus we would have a very long podcast if we talked about different types of supplements should you use this versus that should you use food um, versus your supplement so we will not go into detail about that but if you would love more information about that let us know so cassie is going to start us off with reasons why you would introduce a supplement into your routine
1: yes and there are lots of reasons so um, number one is if your doctor has advised you to add it to your routine. That would be a reason. Also, if you have an insufficiency or deficiency as evidenced by lab value. So oftentimes we may feel like we have a deficiency just because you're reading about it or you think everybody does, but it's always a good idea to go get your labs done if you have a concern and see if you have a deficiency. And often if you do, you really do need to supplement in order to fix that because sometimes you can't get enough to come out of that. For example, vitamin D, if you have a deficiency, it's hard to get that from food. So you do need to add a supplement. Um, But knowing how much and how to do it really depends on your lab value. So you need to get that info first. Also, if you're filling any nutritional gaps, so say you're a vegetarian or vegan and vegan specifically, you need to get some B12, for example. Um, If you have food allergies and have to limit what types of foods you're eating, um, you may need a supplement there. Also, if you're in a state of heightened needs like pregnancy, injury, or a state of healing, certain disease states, etc. Those often um, do are helped with adding in a supplement and require that. And then also if you're interested in sports performance benefits, some supplements can definitely help you with that.
0: So, obviously, you could argue that we could correct some of these things with the help of food, other than the insufficiency and deficiency. But um, some clients are stubborn, or <laughs> we just know that it may be a little bit more helpful to throw in a supplement in there. And that is its intention, is exactly what it's for. It's to supplement a um, well balanced eating pattern. So, keep that in mind, too. So, next, we're going to dive into why should we even consider supplement selection? What's the point when we're looking through the supplement aisle? And Amanda's
2: going to take a to that? So two of the most important questions you can ask yourself is, is it safe and is it effective? So one way we can look at this is we know that we have the DSHEA, which stands for the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act. And that is an act that doesn't require supplement manufacturers to establish product safety, health benefits, efficacy, quality, or ingredient integrity before being put on the consumer's selves. So um, basically that means no one is enforcing rules about supplements, no one's really researching them before they're available to consumers. So there's a lot of mislabeled and or contaminated products, and those may have the potential to provide harm or may find their way into consumers' hands. And the FDA has the power to warn consumers about a specific product if it falls into this category, but only after a supplement has already been available for purchase. So when you pick up a supplement at the store, you literally do not know if the ingredients listed on the side of that are accurate they can put anything they want to the supplement and no one is telling them that they can't do that
1: yeah it's crazy and I don't think a lot of people know that so that is so important you know you anyone out there listening and your random neighbor could start a supplement company and put whatever you want in a pill put it on the shelf sell it and nothing would happen unless the FDA was someone told the FDA that there was an issue with it after it already happened and i mean it's it's just crazy to think that 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 can happen so um so yeah just know that (laughs) yeah this
0: isn't meant to be a scare tactic but you know why take the risk there's a lot of people that obviously safely use supplements without reporting any harm so for the most part you're probably going to be fine but Food is better. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> food, food is, is better. better. And
2: yeah. they put a lot of crazy words on there too. Like I'm sure we'll talk about this during the podcast, but like crazy ingredient names, that's not even a real ingredient, like proprietary blend. Or like I saw one that my brother-in-law was using and it said like Tiger's Energy Blend and that was like a lizard ingredient. I'm like, what even is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, what is that made of? Is it dangerous to you? And also considering that we don't have enough generations of human beings who have been using supplements their whole life To see what's going to actually happen to the body when using supplements
0: and supplements are expensive like if it's not effective why use it you know we want to reap benefits from something that we're investing our money in so and that's something that we look into also because we want your choice to be an effective choice So let's move into how we, as your dietitian, have a role in your supplement selection. If you did not know that we can help you with that, we can. Duh, we are here to provide some guidance. Um, And just like any health profession, we do have an ethical code to abide by as a good ethical dietitian. And so, um, in our code of conduct, we are supposed to provide unbiased feedback whenever a client is interested in including supplements. So, um, not recommending specific brands or dosages or whatever. And then we're also here to help provide some education. We have access as dietitians and healthcare professionals to things that consumers may not have access to. And we certainly use those to help guide clients in the right direction. And we do also have guidelines to follow when recommending specific supplements. So our governing body, the Academy, they want us to number one, first and foremost, look into how much research has been done on supplements. If we don't have a lot, then we're not really in a state to recommend that someone put that in their routine. Um, we don't know if it causes harm with long-term use. With And a lot of time, we don't know what an effective dose is and so and research still needs to figure that out to um, start recommending that or at least saying this isn't going to provide harm or whatever to a client and also the client's clinical picture Um, if you are a healthcare professional you know that the clients that you work with never just have one thing going on oftentimes there's diabetes and high blood pressure or there's your metformin and your statin or whatever it is and that's an important piece to take in mind as well because these um, supplements oftentimes do interact with certain medications and that's something that you definitely need to consult your healthcare professional on to make sure that that's not a mixture that could provide harm. And then um, like I kind of mentioned before we have access to these quality assurance and certification resources that can help mainly promote the safety and efficacy. We are not saying this is 100% safe or this is 100% effective. We're just ruling out for the most part, this is, this is probably safe and this is probably effective. Um, so let's go into detail about those quality assurance and certification programs. Yes.
1: And I love that. And I don't think a lot of people really understand that dietitians do have that unbiased approach, uh, that you can't find that in a lot of places because often people who are recommending the supplements are also selling the supplements. And so, and not that that always equals, you know, a, a bad situation, but, um, th- it's impossible for people to be unbiased whenever you you are actively selling or making a profit from a supplement that you are recommending. So, um, so that's something in our code as well, which I think is pretty cool. So, um, which is why we don't sell supplements here. (laughs) So, um, all right. So first off, um, there's the good manufacturing practices also called GMP. And that was released in 2007 by the FDA. And that ensures that manufacturers meet quality control standards in production, labeling, packaging, and storage of the product. are allowed to set their own standards and methods of measuring quality to meet GMP requirements. And of course, some companies have higher standards than others. And the good news is, which we're going to go through a lot of this today, like Sarah said, we're not trying to scare you away from supplements because they do have a place in a lot of situations. But um, but there are certain things you do need to look at. And so, um, but, but we do have a lot of that information, which is great. Um, so with that thousands of supplements available to customers, the FDA is just not able to ensure GMPs are met for every product. So again, you're really at, you know, the, the mercy of whoever is making the product and selling the product with what you're getting. And so, um, so, and so, again, some companies are typically, you know, test better than others. And so, um, the next thing that Amanda is going to talk about is how we can figure that out.
2: Yes. So one database that we have available to use is consumerlab.com. So AYB, you have to pay for a membership to Consumer Lab. So AYB, we have a membership, so we're able to look up products for you. So Consumer Lab takes a product through independent testing and provides results for the public to access if you're paying for that subscription. There are over 4,400 dietary supplements of various brands with published detailed reports on the findings. And that reveals things like if the dosage is correctly labeled, if it's actually allergy free, if it has any type of contamination of heavy metals and also price comparisons based on the quality.
0: One of my favorite things about Consumer Lab is it gives you like their top pick and it bases the price that you're paying in that consideration of it being a topic so it also takes into account the financial investment of supplements to like um, and don't quote me on this because it's been probably a month or so since I've seen it but one of the top multivitamin brands was the Kirkland signature brand from Costco and that's not something that I would think of being this super high quality product necessarily because it's a boring label and you can find it many places um, but but that's why we use things like that is because we don't always know right and that's ever-changing and um, luckily that website is updated and um, those things are alerted on that website and on that website and we can see that as healthcare professionals too yeah
1: and that's awesome and you guys can join uh, like Amanda said and I think it's like five dollars a month I mean it's something that's really inexpensive and they give you so much good information if you're even looking for the best price like Sarah said they have recall information they have um, whether the supplements work for certain things based on evidence-based research and so um, and they don't take any money from the companies, which is is also awesome. So you're getting unbiased um, information on that site. So I can't recommend it enough. Yeah.
0: They also send out either a week... I think it's a weekly newsletter. So if you subscribe to that, you can get emails that just... You know, talks about all of the recent things that they're looking into. So um, there's more. So I'm going to talk about three of them that kind of go hand in hand. Um, And they're mainly around like sports performance supplements, which we work with a lot of that population. So this is something that we definitely care about. Um, So one of the organizations is NSF International, and that deems whether a product is certified for sport. So um, sometimes products can be contaminated with things that aren't legal for sport or have Um, too much of something, yada, yada. And so this aims to help athletes, dietitians, coaching, um, others, consumers, just to make safer decisions when choosing sports supplements. You do not have to pay for that. You can go and type in a product and see if it's in their portal. Um, You'll also see a stamp on the product that has the NSF logo on it. Um, Very easy to find. So just kind of turn your supplement around. If that's on there, then that product has been deemed certified for sport and it will have that stamp um, that's easy to locate by the consumer. Informed Choice is another one. It also has um, a stamp that will be on your product. So this takes um, the product through quality assurance and third-party supplement testing. And it's designed to minimize risk of dietary and sports supplement products from being unknowingly contaminated with prohibited and potentially harmful substances. So if you're not an athlete, you may not know um, what those prohibited substances are, but there are things to look out for um, as an athlete, especially if you're like an NCAA collegiate athlete. And then the last one is Banned Substances Control Group. Again, also a stamp. It has the B-S-C-P uh, abbreviation on it, and that just certifies, again, that a product is drug-free and of quality. And then there's one more that Cassie will tell us about.
1: Yes, and that is U.S. Pharmacopial Convention, which is USP, and that's a verification stamp as well. The stamp is awarded the supplements that successfully undergo and meet requirements on the USP dietary supplements verification process so that's voluntary by manufacturers
0: yep another good another good thing to look out for the brand that i think of the most is all of those yellow colored supplements at walmart they all have that usp stamp on there so if your doctor doesn't provide you with a prescription but says hey you need this exact product that would be um, a good one to look for and then a lot of times too they if they do provide a prescription they'll use that product as well because it's easy to get a hold of okay so we are going to specifically talk about some products that have gone through that independent testing through consumer lab Um, we'll talk about collagen protein adult multivitamins and then probiotics and just kind of what they revealed because i think it's interesting
2: all right so the first supplement we're going to talk about is collagen protein so consumer labs tested 15 products 14 of those are approved and one was not approved so the one that was not approved was the bulletproof chocolate collagen protein so they found 8.9 micrograms of cadmium per serving so for general adult multivitamins, Consumer Lab tested nine products. Seven of those were approved and two were not. So the first one that was not approved is called neutralite Daily. They found 169% of the listed folate. So that's inaccurate labeling. They found way more folate in the supplement per serving than is listed on the nutrition label. The second one that was not approved was Vitifusion Multivites in the flavors Natural Berry, Peach, and Orange. So they found over 200% of listed vitamin A and folate, meaning that there was way more vitamin A and folate in the supplement serving than was actually listed on the label. So they found 450 micrograms of vitamin A versus. The actual 923 that was found in the supplement. Um, So and the upper limit for vitamin A, which means how much you can have in a certain day before it becomes dangerous, is 3,000 micrograms. So technically, if you're eating a balanced diet and absorbing vitamin A from your meals, then you could take yourself over that upper tolerable limit through that supplement. And then they also found that it was listed 240 micrograms of folic acid when actually the supplement contained 490 micrograms with an upper limit of a thousand. So again, if you're eating a diet, we're absorbing folic acid from your food, you could take yourself over that upper tolerable limit.
1: And that gets a little scary when what's in there isn't what's on the label, but at least those things were on the label. (laughs) Sometimes there's stuff that's not even on the label that they find. Um, but again, as you can see in that one, and I'm going to talk about probiotics, but most of them were fine, you know? Um, so, so that's good. Um, so for general adult probiotics, uh, consumer lab tested 24 products and 22 of those were approved. Two were not approved. Mary Ruth's liquid probiotic, Unflavored, was one of those. They found microbial contamination of 36,900 CFUs of Pseudomonas in there, which is um, a little bit disturbing. And so that that can, can sometimes be a negative thing, especially if you're immune compromised and you're taking something like that. So you have to watch for that. Also, New Rhythm probiotics, 50 billion CFU. They found a label violation. The product did not explain what ingredients were contained In its enteric coating, so that could be an issue if you have allergies. Um, And then failed; they failed the enteric coating disintegration actually as well. So um, the coating fully disintegrated in the stomach, which is not a good thing because you have acid in your stomach. And so, um, and the reason that you have that enteric coating is to keep the substance intact in the stomach and instead dissolve and be released in the small intestine where it can be absorbed into the system. So the enteric coating for the substance did not allow that to happen meaning that the body was unable to absorb the nutrients properly. So probably wasn't worth any of the money that you were spending on it anyways.
0: Crazy. That's why I love having access to this stuff. Um, Sometimes it's just interesting. I mean, those products are ones that I don't even really see on shelves too. So um, it may not be something that you've ever tried or would even try in the future, um, but just things to know that you wouldn't otherwise know. Um, Okay, so we are going to wrap up. We are going to give you a basic seven-step process to take yourself through um, whenever you're screening a supplement to include in your routine. Now, remember, we would rather you use food. (laughs) But if you are in a situation with when you are um, looking to include a supplement, These are seven questions to ask about the supplement and we're going to provide a simple yes or no answer to the following question. And we'll have this typed out in the description so just screenshot it and keep it with you. Um, So the first question is, are any one of the third party certification seals on the product label? So that would be the GMP, the NSF, um, the banned substances control group, and then um, I'll list the other ones in there so you can see them as well. Um, So yes or no. Number two, are there less than six ingredients on the Supplement Facts panel? Yes or no. Is the Supplement Facts panel free of the words proprietary blend, matrix, or complex? So Amanda, you hinted at that before. Um, And sometimes they don't even tell you what's in those things, which is just ridiculous. And a lot of those blends contain ingredients that we just don't really know if they're effective yet Um, so yes or no to that one number four can you easily pronounce the name of each ingredient you can use that as a rule of thumb when looking through food products as well Number five is the amount of caffeine listed on the label. 200 milligrams or less per serving. Um, A big reason for that is for athletes or someone who competes in a sport, um, but also over 200 milligrams is a lot per serving. Uh, Coffee has way less than that for um, about one cup. And then number six is the label free of quick fix claims. So take our pill and lose 10 pounds fast or whatever. And then the last question, are all the percent daily values less than 200 percent? And the reason for that is because we don't need 200 percent of a vitamin. We need 100 percent, right? And and food can provide that. Um, We don't need a supplement to give you the main source of that vitamin or mineral so if you answered no to four or more of these questions then we're going to consider that product to be a no-go if you answered yes to four or more of these questions then the product's probably going to be okay Um, but it would be beneficial again um, just to maybe look through consumer lab or whatever to see if they have any available testing on that product and they may not which doesn't mean it's unacceptable it just means they haven't tested it Okay, so let's move into the bottom line. First and foremost, supplement selection absolutely 100% does matter. The safety and the efficacy of a supplement is hard to ensure, but following the outline tips that we've mentioned can decrease potential risks with your supplement use. Your dietitian, so us, we can help you with this process and provide unbiased education about certain supplements you're currently using or thinking about including, um, which I will typically do with clients you probably do too. A lot of people ask us about this, like, should I consider including this in my routine? And if we have your diet recall, if we have your labs, we have your clinical picture, then we can give you an unbiased answer. And then lastly, use supplements as they are tind- intended to supplement a high quality nutrient-dense eating pattern. If you like today's topic, go ahead and like this episode and add a comment below. If you've been listening to Practical Nutrition for a while or are brand new to our channel, go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We are continuously trying to grow this platform to share all of the nutrition knowledge that we can, and those reviews can help us do that. Thanks for tuning in to today's
1: episode, and we will see you next time.